Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I am your host, Laura Mignot. This is part of my 29 Days of Magic series, where I interview a Black woman a day in every industry, across every spectrum, all throughout the month of February, Black History Month. It's going to be a great conversation. And today, I'm delighted to have Natasha Ahrens, who's the head of marketing for Caviar Slash DoorDash. Uh, it's going to be a fabulous conversation. I just know it. Take a listen. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am like honored <laughs> and so oh, excited girl. for our conversation. Likewise. So uh, the way the podcast works, first question, always the same, always great answers. I'm sure you'll be no different. So Natasha, what was your first job? My first job. So my first job professionally after college, um, I was an assistant um, at Bad Boy Records. The house that P did he Wow. That's very cool. Uh, did you walk across the Brooklyn Bridge? I did not. It's so funny. <laughs> Everyone asks me that. They're like, did you get <laughs> did you walk across the Brooklyn Bridge? And it's like, no, but I work my tail off, right? <laughs> like I've done something <laughs> that I couldn't believe that that I've done, but it, it was all in good. Like I when I think about the folks that I worked with there and like all my experiences subsequently, like bad boy built me and did he, did he like having that as a first job was completely incredible and a really good solid foundation for what's to come. Wow. Okay. So I got to ask more questions about this now. So yeah. what was your job? like? I'll tell you, I'll tell, so I'll tell you what my job was like. I'll even tell you how I got the job. Right? So go, go for it. I got the job. It's, it's completely insane. Um, at the time when I was in college, way back when, um, I, me and my roommates used to watch Making the Band all the time. And of so course. watching it, I felt like I was such a student of the music industry because I just wanted to be a part of the music industry, but I had like zero connections. So I studied everyone who was in in that show, the, the VP of A&R, the VP of marketing, the product marketing. So the VP of A&R was a man named Harv Pierre. The VP of marketing was a woman named Tracy Waples. And the product ma manager um, was a woman named Allison Stanley. And I just saw their faces and I'm like, if I ever run across them, I'm going to run, I'm going to roll up on them. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I have- You are my kind of people, Natasha. <laughs> and I did, like, I'm a New Yorker. I'm first generation American. So I have that, that hustle in me. Mm -hmm. um, so I was home for spring break. I went to college at, in D.C. at Georgetown University, and I was home for, for spring break and hanging out with one of my friends who went to, to college in Hofstra. And so we're like, let's just go to the city and hang out. And we just happened to go to Justin's, which was, for those who are, who are not familiar or younger, um, the Justin's was P. Diddy's restaurant um, in, in Flatiron District in New York's in Manhattan. And as we're at Justin's, we're eating, and we're like, oh, there's a party going across the street. Let's go. We go to the party, and I see Harv Pierre, the VP of A&R, that I'm like, oh, I know him from the show. <laughs> like, follow <laughs> to my friend, follow that fur. We're following the fur to, like, <laughs> VIP. Talk my way into VIP. I was really bold when I was 21 um, and just went to him and just started spitting my resume and saying, hey, I'm Natasha. I'm, I'm about to graduate. I'm a finance major at Georgetown, like a minor in Japan. I'm just trying to tweak all of my, my, all of my, my stats. And I was like, I really just want to work for you all. And he's like, okay, cool. Um, here's the office number. Call the office. And I called the office for five months until <laughs> I, I was graduating. I had no job, right? Like I, I was graduating um, in a very, in a tough economy. 
I was a finance major, like Wall Street was going through a bunch of stuff. I was graduating no jobs. So I was like, something has to work, right? What's the worst that can happen? It's like it doesn't it doesn't work out. So I called every single day and and then got and then got um an interview and I went from being an an intern to an assistant to a product manager in about a year. So in my first year I went from a an intern um, to my boss, who was the VP of A&R. And when he got promoted to be the general manager of the label, I went from being an intern in A&R, which was, um, you know, that A&R is where the music gets made with the artists, like artists get signed by A&Rs. And then you're working with the artists to develop their sound and album. So I, but I, <laughs> I didn't do anything half as fancy there. It was really uh, answer phones, keeping things, things organized, going back and forth with the studios and just helping to manage the artist schedule. Then my boss got promoted to general manager and I became his second assistant. And I just, I just tried to kill it. I was like, I'm going to be here before anyone else. And I'm going to leave after, after he leaves um, and just make his life easier. And I started showing my like interest in, in marketing. Um, I was a finance major. Um, I was really starting the music business so that I can go be an entertainment lawyer. So I thought I was just like, let me just do this for oh, a year. Did, did we live the same life? Because that did was we? my whole initiative. <laughs> was that your, was that, we have to talk about that. That was my original plan. Like I, I was going to be, I was going to be an entertainment lawyer. I was going to like move out to Hollywood and it was just going to be my, that was going to be a thing that I did. Um, and that was it, right? So, <laughs> that was it. Like, at some point, I would be writing scripts and stuff. But, like, I figured, like, go to law school, be, mm-hmm. work, like, somewhere for a thousand hours for a couple of years, then get the entertainment law, like, banner, and then keep it moving. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. That's hilarious. Did, we have, yeah, you we have definitely have to say mine. Okay. I, I have <laughs> Caribbean parents. And so, like, I, I was like, if I want to do this entertainment thing, I have to go do something that's acceptable, like being a lawyer. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. So no. And then I was applying to law school and I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this. And I was actually working. My boss knew that I wanted to be, um, an entertainment lawyer. And so he would give me exposure to, to his own lawyers and the, you know, some of the, the, the attorneys that we worked with and the folks that I would talk to, I remember there was one woman who was a, like a junior attorney at this, this agency that this, I'm not going to name it because it was, it's, it's still a huge entertainment law firm. And she's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you really don't want to do this. This is not glamorous. Like you see what I'm doing right now with the papers. And I was like, Ooh, so you're like not even close to the creative. And she's like, absolutely not. Um, but shout out to all the entertainment lawyers who, who are, who can, who found a way to do both. I have, I have some amazing, particularly black entertainment lawyers who, who kill it, who are great lawyers, but also found a way to like get closer to the art side of the business. Right. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So you're a bad boy. You've got these Mm -hmm. three promotions and (laughs) now you're the marketing director for caviar doordash mm-hmm. what the, what the record what was the rest, what was the journey like yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's actually an interesting it's, it's it's an interesting journey um i stayed in music for about six years i left i left bad boy i did a quick little stint in in news at msnbc um and then went back to music um working at jive records for, um uh, an old boss of mine um who i worked with at bad boy um, brought me over um, to be a manager of video promotions. And so this is at the time where 
tech was just starting to disrupt the entertainment industry, but it was still illegal. So there was like YouTube and like there were videos come, you know, artists would put their like the consumers would find a way to put artist videos on YouTube, but we still were really the 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 music industry still had not really embraced tech. Um, they kind of shunned it because it started unbundling the albums. This is when when iTunes started selling ninety nine cent singles, if you remember then, mm-hmm. um, and the the industry was the, the complete the paradigm of the music industry had totally shifted because of um, this the you know because of technology and disrupted the bottom line like crushed the bottom line of the music industry whose bread and butter had had been manufacturing and selling CDs and albums and so once you unbundle the album you can't sell the CD for thirteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine right you're you're selling you're 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 now racing to the bottom and selling a ninety nine cent um, ringtone or 99 cent single. And so as a result of that, I got laid off. I got laid off. Um, it was 2009. It's right after it was like, it was the same week. I had just came back from, um, Obama's inauguration in DC. So I was in like a real high. Um, and then a couple of days later got laid off. So in the span of a week was like from the highs to the high celebrating the first black president to like getting laid off and not knowing like what I was going to do for the for the for the next step phase of my career and how I was going to survive. And during that time, it was a recession, so I couldn't find another job very easily. So I I had a, a really that I would say there was that was my valley moment. But in my valley, it helped me figure out the next steps of my career. And so during that time, even before that time. I knew that I wanted to go get an MBA because I was a finance major and I was like, you know, when I, when I look at what I was doing in music, it felt a little bit more like there was, it wasn't really strategic. It was more tactical, um, really finger on the pulse of culture for sure. But I wasn't sure that I knew how to actually build a brand and build a business. And I wanted to go to get my MBA to be able to do that. And so it, it wasn't a better time to do it. Like when was it a better time to do it? I was working, right. And hiding out in the recession. And, And I did just that. And I went to Northwestern. Um, Keller School of Management to get my MBA in marketing and media management because I wanted to take back those skills and be able to trans- transition like all the stuff that I was doing in in music and now you know either like take the strategy and the strategic foundation and that that toolkit and bring it back to music or transition into tech which I knew was the future of of entertainment so um, did that um, I while I was in business school I interned at Apple. Um, at iTunes specifically. And that was, to me, was like a culmination of everything that I had done and then everything that I was that was going to do after. Um, uh, so after business school, I didn't go back to Apple. Um, I went to Verizon because I wanted to get big brand experience, like big marketing brand experience um, and understand mobile space because mobile was fueling all of this consumption of, of entertainment and content. So I did a, a marketing rotational program there at Verizon. Um, was there for about two-ish years, and then YouTube called, um, and the recruiter from Google re- reached out. I remember it was a, it was a low day. I was having a crap day at work, and I was like, "Oh, I don't really want to be here. This is not really my passion. Um, I, I need somewhere else." And that's I think that's the power of like God, <laughs> because right on time. Mm-hmm. Because um, I got an email from a recruiter like, "Hey, you, we have your resume, and you seem like you'd be a really good fit for this role at YouTube." And so that's how I, I got into tech, really, um, from dipping my toe in my internship at Apple, um, starting moving towards it a little bit more in telco, um, but jo- diving straight in um, when I got a job at at, at YouTube. 
um, under Google umbrella. And at YouTube, I was leading music industry marketing. So at the time, the industry has a very tenuous relationship with technology. And my role was figuring out, like, how do we, one, market YouTube as a, a as a platform that's a partner to the music industry, and then also create these these programs and campaigns that are really going to be helping helping artists um, build their careers on their own terms. Um, I loved that job. Uh, that was that was again another dream job. That was again a culmination of everything that I had done in my in my career. Um, so I spent six years at Google. Um, first three oh, wow. years at at YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> first three years at YouTube doing music industry marketing brand partnerships, brand experiences. I did the first, well, like I, I started our like Latin music focus um, at YouTube, just understanding, like just looking at the data and seeing how like Latin music was um, exploding in consumption around the world. Um, and I did our first ever like activation at the Latin Grammys and started working with some some artists who were, who were on the come up back then, um, but now are the biggest artists in the world, like Bad Bunny, and, and Carol G wow. and Bad Bunny perform at our, um, our, our one of our Latin Grammy shows. And then now to see him where he's at now is like, it, that, that's the thing that I used to love to do is be able to investing in artists early on um, and seeing them just take off and providing them that platform. Um, so I did that for about three years and then spent the last almost three years at um on the Google mobile hardware side, um, I first led influencer and experiential marketing for Google Pixel. So building out our like influencer marketing was the hottest, the hottest like pillar in marketing in the last couple of years. It was like it was what social media was about 10 years ago. So being able to build um, influencer marketing capabilities and its nascency has, was, was fantastic. Um, and then I went from that role into leading um, multicultural marketing for the Google mobile hardware team across Nest and Pixel. So while I was there, I launched our first Spanish language commercial on Pixel and our first Spanish language commercial on, on, on Google Nest. Um, and my role there was to really ensure that the work that we did um, reflected our, our, our audiences, the diversity of our audiences. And also like what's to come if you think about like the U.S. demographics are changing, whether people like it or not, right? So if you are a brand and you are not translating your work in Spanish and you're not, not even just in Spanish, but you're not like, if your role, if your work is not resonating with Latinx consumers or Black consumers, you are going to fail to be relevant. And so that was Amen. my role is making, yeah, <laughs> that was my role is bringing a level of like cultural insights and relevancy to our work. And then, um, Got this opportunity to come over to to, to Caviar. Um, Caviar is a premium food delivery app um, under the DoorDash umbrella. It was acquired by DoorDash in 2019. Um, and so last year I, I joined the team to create this Phoenix moment for Caviar, right? Where, where Caviar is now part of the DoorDash ecosystem. And so what, what is the story now? Now that we have like, you know, we used to be in um, legacy markets like New York, LA, San Francisco, but now that we have the power of the DoorDash brand and distribution, we're going to be, we're available across the country. And so that's how, that's how I got here. <laughs> it's a long 18 wow. year journey, um, but it's been fun. You know what's crazy? I feel like you and I are probably about the exact same age. <laughs> I love it. Like, 
I'm like, I'm doing the math and I'm like, wait a second. We were living opposite lives and we would like, I don't know how like, we've never had across paths. I, <laughs> I mean, literally we've, I've pitched Google so many times experiential in the last 10 years. How did we not bump into each I, other? I have no clue. We have to talk about this offline for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Cause we, there, there are things we can do together. Trust. Oh, yes. um, uh, but no, that's it. And also, Thank you for sharing this story because I think this is also really important for a lot of young people to understand that like the path is not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's a and it, and it, and honestly, I am so glad that I went through the path I want to to get to where I am now. So that mm-hmm. now that I'm in this position, it's not overwhelming. Oh right, right. Because you, you took the proper can, steps. Mm-hmm. You took all the steps. So like you can walk into a DoorDash and be like, all right, here's how we're going to have you guys rise. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like, oh, shit, what have I done? What have I done? Oh, my God. Like the race is not for the swift. The, the journey yeah. is the experience. And like, and the connections and all the things you learn along the way are just so important. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It is a marathon, I'm, not a sprint. You're exactly right. Straight up. And so I'm sure you had some moments in your career like, oh my God, I am never going to get through this. And then you did. I'd love you to share one. Yeah, I think one of the most defining moments in my career actually was, um, there's there's two. One, it was when I got laid off <laughs> because my I had spent all these years investing and like loving and dreaming about like working in the music industry. And so to get that taken away, I felt, I felt robbed. I felt sad. It was, it was, I was, it, there was a, I was in a dark, a dark place, but I, what I learned from that was the art of pivoting. Um, the second place where I think the, the second moment in my career where I had a, a tough moment, it was when it was like my personal life was, was inter it was personal and, and professional intersection. So in 2018, um, my father, my father passed away. But um, before he passed away, I spent the entire year being his caregiver from about 2017 to 2018. So I had this job at at at, at Google. Um, I had this. It was it was. I loved the job, right? Um, but it was it was so tough. To, it, but it took so much out of me, and I had to like. I was flying all the time, but then on the weekends, coming home and like literally working from from the hospital with my dad, and just like when life throws you those type of um, of curveballs, I thought I'm like uh, uh, I have the strong black woman mentality. I'm like I got this, I got this, mm-hmm. I'm good. And in reality, I wasn't good. And what that time taught me, even after after my dad died, I took my time, had the funerals, and I went back to work, and I I never took the time for me. And mm-hmm. I was in a role. <laughs> it is still a hard role and I'm still pushing and pushing. And, and I, I, I go to therapy once a week and my therapist kept saying, you need a break. You need a break. You need a break. Um, and it wasn't until I broke that I took a break. Um, and, and I like to be very open about these, these, these conversations. Cause what I want, want, want everyone who I come, who hears my voice or, or I come in contact with, or looks at me like people are like, Oh, your goals. And I'm like, Yes, but thank you. But mm-hmm. it is but. not just it's not just the peaks. There's so many valleys and I learned so much from the valleys. And so what I whenever I speak to folks, I want them to know like not just where I am at my my highest. I want you to know where I was at my lowest and what I learned from that. And so the biggest lesson I learned from that is if I am not okay, I 
nothing else is going to be okay. I'm not going to be good at work. I'm not going to be a good partner. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be good to anyone else. And that is what taught me the the value of, of self-care because I was burnt out completely. I'm a hard worker. Like we like we, Caribbean parents, you're a first generation American. And then just mm-hmm. being a black woman in corporate America, you know, we have to work twice as hard. And so who am I to be like, oh God, I need, I need a break because I don't have a physical ailment, but I had a mental ailment, right? Like I was, I was not okay. I was suffering from anxiety and subsequently depression. And so I, I had to take that moment and I took a break and I took three months off. I took a mental health leave and I took three months off. And I would say, um, far from any of like the awards that I've won for any of the work that I've done or great campaigns that I've done, that was probably one of the most significant and important moves I made in my career is defining the the boundary between my mental health and my personal health and work. And thank you so much for sharing this because it's so necessary for us to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because, you know, I really am a proponent of let's all get that rest in and mm-hmm. take that time for ourselves oxygen mask goes on us first black women please yes uh, um and we cannot put a mountain on our back and then as we're walking along with the mountain on our back add another one and another one and another one that's um, right so you've just got we and we have to no, we have to normalize the fact that we're not super women mm-hmm. and and like you know it, there was a and that's okay Twitter. right and that's okay <laughs> yep. there is nothing wrong there's no other demographic in the country that is determined to be a superwoman outside of black women and that's so right. why is it like so like i resigned from superwoman side of the universe it's like i will mm-hmm. be over here doing what i need to do but i'm going to then rest yep. i'm not going to burn myself into the ground to make other people happy or make people think that i'm working twice as hard to get half as much like yeah nah not doing that yeah. Why? For what? And like, what? I, I what? started seeing it. I was like, I'm doing all this and I'm not even, I'm not getting promoted. So what is like, at some point it becomes, a, a, you know, diminishing returns um, when you're doing all this work and they're like, okay, well then, oh yeah. So next time you're going to get promoted. And there's always a bar, there's always the, you know, the bar is always being constantly, the, the, the goalpost is always being moved for us. Right. So it's like, at some point you need to understand like, what what works for you and to stop giving so much because people like you you can't squeeze water from a rock and then you really me, people will try people they will, will try. try they will try <laughs> and it's just... so yeah I'm big on boundaries now big huge <laughs> yeah um it's because necessary it is necessary and I think sometimes when they see us all out there doing our thing and like oh y'all you can just do anything yet yeah, no it's because I've decided I'm choosing me Mm-hmm. And that means I will rest when I need to, and I will not move heaven and earth. So sorry, mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. somebody else to do that for you. That's right. Um, <laughs> and then speaking of that, so because of course we've got boundaries and need to rest. What do you do for your self care? Oh yes, so I love self care. So um, I I have therapy sessions once a week, every Friday. Um, no matter what I'm doing, where I am, I have my I have therapy. And I want us as as black women to normalize going to therapy. Amen. Um, it is it it is a it is a blessing. Um, and finding the right therapist um, will will literally change your life, I believe. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the other thing that I do is 
I veg out. Like I have, I'm still such a busy body, but there are, there are days, there are Saturdays and I wake up really early in the morning, but sometimes I just sit there and I will lay and I will watch every piece of, of, of Netflix, Hulu. (laughs) My fiance and I, we watch, he's going to be mad that I'm, that I'm putting it out there, but like we watch all the trashy like dating shows. So we watch Beyonce, we watch Married at First Sight, we watch um, Singles Inferno that was on Netflix. No, we like binge that. Oh, that's, that's a good one. It is so fascinating. Um, It is a Korean dating show and it's basically the Korean version of Bachelor in Paradise, but it's not as like trashy because I think Korean culture, they're just so well-mannered and respectful. (laughs) So it's really good. Uh, When you are doing your self-care and vegging out, I, I highly recommend that you watch it. Oh yeah, no. I've I've been watching so much TV recently because I like I, I same. It's a Saturday morning. I'm gonna just TV's in the bedroom, so like turn it on, and I'm gonna watch Delicious on Netflix. Like I just watched Twitter swim, Twitter Tinder Cinder last oh, night. Oh yes, watch that. Too. <laughs> I was like, first of all, girl, like all of yes. You. Another so, another 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 tip for self care: don't swipe. If you swipe in with folks and they they they're asking you for money, that ain't that's not self care. That's not self care, <laughs> and it's not smart. That girl, <laughs> he told that girl to pawn her car. Uh huh. And get and get a loan and mortgage her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I would have had questions. trouble. And I was like, my who are these enemies? Have to get me. Who are these enemies? Why don't you call your father? Isn't your father a billionaire? Like that. That, that would be my question. That was not make any sense to me. That that not make zero <laughs> sense to me. If your dad is a billionaire, obviously right. your dad could get you a new security team, could extract you, send the private jet for you. Why are you like? What are you talking about? Yeah. Or, like, I mean, we've all watched enough TV to know burner phones. So why is your burner phone to your father to be like, dad, something's up? Like, yeah, hmm? that's right. Yeah. And who are these enemies? And what do I have to do with these enemies? And, then, and I, my conclusion, I'm like, you sound dangerous. I don't think this works for me. <laughs> exactly. The minute you saw a photo of the guy getting beat up, why didn't you be like, yo, okay, you know what? Tapping out, sorry. Not like, for me. It, it, not it, it, that, that story is crazy. And the fact that he is walking around, walking around. free today. Um, we, my fiance, mm. he, he's a sleuth. He went on and saw, he went on to his IG and saw that he was in Nigeria. So I was like, oh, he must be going, oh. there, going to Nigeria to do scamming, teach scamming classes. It's just been fascinating. Oh, my, I'm just surprised someone hasn't put a hit out of him because the amount of people yeah. he has ripped off, like, yeah, sir. Yeah. $10 million. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But see, these are things that matter in life because it's not, it's not, it's like just not taking ourselves too seriously. And having <laughs> exactly. With um, last question for you. Do you have mm-hmm. a give and or an ask of the audience? Oh, a give, um, um, a give to the audience. Um, I would love if anyone has any questions, want to want to chat with me further, please reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Send me, send me a DM on LinkedIn. 
um, happy to provide any any advice. Um, and then ask one, I wouldn't be a market if I didn't ask, you know, download the caviar app and order caviar, <laughs> order from caviar when you're looking for it's, you know, it's, you know, we're going to Valentine's Day, people's birthdays coming up, you want to celebrate something, um, order from caviar for all your special occasions. But the, also, the other ask I would ask of the audience is to remind yourself to be like, we have one life to live. So I would, I would implore everyone to figure out what is, what is your what and, and what is your passion and pursue that relentlessly, whether it's in your personal, in in your professional life, but, but also your professional life, your personal life. Awesome. Those are fantastic ass. I love it. Well, Natasha, you have just been such an array of delightful sunshine. Uh, we'll put all the details in the show notes for folks to connect with you and download the Caviar app because I love it, especially when you want some like really bougie, fabulous restaurant. It's on yes. the Caviar. <laughs> so definitely download that today. Uh, and that is our show. Well, thank you, Laura.